What's up, everybody? It's the Welcome to the Show podcast brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show to get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. That's audibletrial.com forward slash welcome to the show. The Welcome to the Show podcast is independently produced by me, Manny Gomez, and CT. Uh, help people to find our show by taking two minutes to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. CT, what's good? What's going on? We're live. We're live. Um, some of you might see this video feed, but others won't. <laughs> that this, these are facts. So, if, yeah. So, we do have a video feed now. You might see some video on Instagram, TV, we might put it on YouTube. We're not quite sure what we're gonna do with this video content quite yet, but we're gonna we're gonna figure some shit out. We're gonna put some shit out there. Um, so this heat wave CT, how are we yes. gonna get? How are we gonna get through this, man? Listen, it's raining right now over here. Mm-hmm. So would it be wise for me to just strip down and run outside? To Maybe. Uh, you know, for all <laughs> for all this heat that I've endured this weekend, because I thought I was gonna die this weekend, man. I don't know how you didn't die. So for those of you who don't know, our family has a softball league. I mean, it's mostly comprised of people in our family. And it's been going on since I was a kid, probably before, you know, before I could remember. And that league continues. It it, it takes place on Saturdays in in Dykeman. And CT is is in that league. And and they played two games in 100 plus degree weather. CT. Give us the report. How did you survive these games? So I drank a lot of water, all right? And I also had a couple beers. The beers were amazing. Mm-hmm. So I advise anybody who's sitting in their sweat somewhere and it's just hot, just have a nice cold beer, mm-hmm. as cold as you can get it without freezing it, and stayed in the shade, you know, when, when I wasn't at bat or when I wasn't in the field, just kind of stayed in the shade. But still, I think the damage was done. Because by the second game, everybody was kind of out of it, including me. There was so. no, there was no escaping the the heat because even your AC, if you cranked it up so that your house can stay cool, it could only cool so much. Like I, I read somewhere that even if you crank your AC to like fifty five degrees, we have central air in my house. If you're sitting in hundred degree weather, it's not going to cool beyond. 85 degrees 80 degrees and it's true the house was pretty hot like even though we had the ac on and yep. um we went outside and i had my kids on the swings i i didn't i did nothing but push them on the swings and i came inside and it looked like i had run through sprink like 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 sprinklers i was yeah. soaked i swear um i yeah that I, so i stayed in the rest of the weekend and um it's insane, man. This shit is nuts. Like, it makes me wish, it, it makes me miss fall weather. That's my favorite season is the fall. Like, 65 you know, to 70, you know what I mean? Like, you know, fall and spring weather, nothing beats that. But I'll live in this weather and not mm. deal with winter ever. Mm-mm. I'll live in this weather. No, I'll man. Just, because, I'll adjust. I'll adjust. I'll, no, man. Because in I the just, winter, I'll, you could throw on a sweater. You could throw on a coat. You could throw on a... Skull cap, you could throw on gloves. In the in the heat, there's only so much you can do. Like, there comes a nah. point where you start getting arrested if you start removing articles of clothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. I just cannot stand cold weather. I yeah. hate, I hate how cold weather. You know, like it feels like your skin's gonna break. 
<laughs> you know, like just hits you hard. Like when it's really, really cold and your ears just can't take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands can't take it. I'm like, as hot as it can get, like, you know, I didn't need to be out there playing a softball game, but I could be outside. I could find shade and just hang out, have an ice cream, go swimming. Have an ice cream. <laughs> you know? <laughs> say goodbye. In, say goodbye to Sancochos and shit. You're not eating that in that hot ass weather. In the winter, man, you like it's it's too much. I'm, I, I'm I understand. Good. Like like the polar vor- vortexes that we've been having where it feels like negative ten or whatever. That yeah. I get. Like I don't I want nothing to do with that. But a nice I could deal with like fifty degrees or sixty or low seventies. Um but when it starts, you know, inching up into the nineties, eh. I'd rather and, the cold weather. And, you know, like, I just think about all the times I come out of work and my car's parked far enough in this cold weather. And I'm literally thinking I'm going to be like, this is it. Like, I'm going to catch what, <laughs> hyperthermia. Like, I'm going to get it. I got to no no amount of no amount of clothes layering of norm normality. Like, I can't put three coats on. I'm going to look like a, like an idiot. But if I have my coat, my hoodie, gloves, there's always a part of my body that's just experiencing that really, really cold weather. And yeah, like I, I'm good. I'll put, I'll leave that. I feel like if I come out of work and it's blazing hot, and I know I'm about to get into my car, it's like a ten ten minute temporary okay. uh, right. torture. How about know. how about when it's hot? And this is the last thing we'll talk about because we're dragging this on this this hot and cold weather. The worst thing for me is that when it's hot and you take a shower and you come out of the shower, you dry yourself off, you feel good, you start putting your clothes on, you start sweating immediately. I hate that more than life. But I mean, I hate sweating, too. And and I used to hate it, especially in high school, if I had gym and I had to sit in my next class after gym and I couldn't stop sweating. That was the worst. Uh, I hated it. But as long as you don't smell, I feel like the sweat will dry up, you know. (laughs) All right. Whatever. I got like a D in high school in gym because it it was first period and I just refused to dress many times. I I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So I was but, like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to walk around in my fucking sweat all day. Like in the winter when it's freezing out and shit, fine because I probably won't even break a sweat. But when it was like spring, summer, fall, and you're playing softball or soccer or whatever, um, nah, wasn't for me. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. Um, all right, so we have a lot of things to talk about. CT, I hope we can get to all of it. Um, what do you think? Should we start off baseball or should we just delve right into the baseball stuff and then talk about the other stuff later? Fill it out, man. What do you feel like talking about? Just dive into one. All right. I got a lot to say. Let's 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 start. Let's start with the non-baseball stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we'll get because there's more baseball content. So, you know, if you don't like the baseball stuff, if you don't like the non-baseball conversations, just go back into the episode descriptions, figure out what time we start talking about baseball and skip ahead. That's fine with us. But yeah, I'm get so I saw this weekend I was scrolling through Twitter. So on call to the pen, my partner there um, announced that he's going to be leaving soon. So um, I've been taking more responsibilities on call to the pen. I'm basically editing and promoting everything on social media. So I've been on Twitter a lot and I saw post after post after post after post from people that were at Comic-Con, I guess the San Diego one. And it was all Marvel shit. I guess Phase 4 of the Marvel Universe is about to start. Oh my God. And I saw that they were remaking Blade. Did you ever watch Blade with Wesley Snipes? I, I love Blade. Okay. I well, love the first, well, I love the first one. They're remaking it in this Marvel Universe. Um, and Marshala, Marshala, I don't know how to say his name. Marshala Ali, the guy who was in um, 
Moonlight, and he was in True Detective. He was in mm-hmm. House of Cards. He's going to be playing Blade. He's an amazing actor, so good for him. But it got me to think, like, oh, and then I saw that Tom Holland, the guy who plays the new Spider-Man, only signed a contract for three years. So I guess they're going to make one more Spider-Man, and that's it for his time as Spider-Man, right? So you know that there's going to be another Spider-Man coming after that. Um, they made Dumbo. The Lion King just came out, the live action. Aladdin just came out, the live action. A Child's Play just came out, the live action. Ben Affleck was the, was the Batman. He left. There's a new Batman now. Um, there's a new there, there's a new Batman? The guy who was in Twilight, of all people. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Robert Pattinson. There was a new Superman. I mean, I'm getting sick and tired of movie remakes. And it's just, yep. it got me to think, like, is it is it that people are just fresh out of ideas now? Like, wh- what, why do we keep remaking the same movies? Oh, how many times do I have to see Batman's backstory, his, his parents getting shot and, and shit? When he was yeah. a little kid, you know, like I'm sick and tired of it already. Yeah, and that's the thing. Batman and Spider Man, there's like the two biggest. You know how many Wolverine movies they made? Not not just X Men movies, but Wolverine movies. There was like three, four of them. So it's like Batman, Wolverine, Spider Man. Those are like the three biggest uh, superhero comics, whatever. Yeah. And they keep remaking them because people they keep breaking records. I don't you get know, it. Man. They keep they keep breaking records in these sales and it's to the point that people who aren't really fans of the Marvel universe are yeah. watching it and they're becoming fans via the movies. So now you got like these kind of fake comic fans because they don't really know anything besides the movies, but the right. movies have gotten so big. You know, you, it's like it's like why do they keep making Fast and Furious movies? I think oh my God. Movie, I stopped I stopped watching after 5 or 6 and now they came off a spinoff of a yeah. fast and furious movie yep. it looks ridiculous like it, it I, that movie is just tailored for my dad basically it's like the expendables but a fast yeah, yeah, and the furious franchise that's what it's become and they keep i'm like why do they keep making this and i just realized it's because they keep selling out worldwide breaking records yeah do you hear this thunder in the background I do. By the way? but i think Jeez. i think it, it adds to the mood man it adds to the mood. yeah because it's a dark time for movies that quentin yeah. tarantino movie couldn't have come at a better time damn it <laughs> yeah seriously I, so i was just thinking i was just sitting here thinking before in my lifetime and the first movie that i ever remember that i remember ever seeing at the movie theater um was batman the one with michael keaton and it was like 1989 maybe 1990 that's a good um, batman yeah so in my lifetime there's been michael keaton val kilmer george clooney uh christian bale um ben affleck that's five batmans already that's not counting the TV show with Adam West, the uh, the one where they would do the pow, poo, whatever, all that shit. Um, yep. And Robin was next to him and shit. That's not counting the Batman cartoons. Like, I remember watching on TV, I think it was called The Dark Knight back in the day. It was a cartoon and it was pretty good, a Batman show. The Batman animated series? Yeah, that's it. There's That's, the that's, best, that... that's seven Batmans already. Like Count count all the... there. On top of all that, there's a bunch of animated movies right. in between. Like there's the Red Hood, there's the Batman Flash, the one where the Flash goes to like a different time zone and it's Bruce Wayne's dad is actually Batman or something. There's a bunch of Batman shit out there and I love it because I love Batman. I really am a fan. The animated series was the greatest thing that ever happened yeah, for the Batman the franchise. They even the Justice League animated series that came after that, which like combined all the superheroes. I think Marvel makes good movies, but they don't. DC, I think, makes better animated shit, and 
I like it a lot. I love it. But you're right. It's gotten out of. It's too much already. Yeah. Give us a. I don't want to see Batman. I don't want to see a new rendition of Batman for another ten years. I want a chance to at least like like let let my kids get a chance to see Batman for the first time. Right. You know, like in that generation. But I'm good, right. man. That's it. Yeah, and that that's not counting other remakes that they've made already. Like. Uh, there's just a, a countless, numerous amounts of of remakes movies. Sometimes people don't even know that these movies are remakes. Like you said, Magnificent Seven last week. That's a remake. Um, it's just nonstop. Like uh, there's another movie too that was actually a show. They keep remaking Halloween. Halloween, like with Michael Myers. <laughs> uh, and I mean, there was a Friday the Thirteenth that came out like a couple years ago. Yeah. Like and I watched it because I'm like, all right, like it's, this is it's been kind of long enough, I guess, but yeah. not really. Yeah, like all right, like if you want to continue off on the story, and you you know, Michael Keaton is old now, maybe he can't be the the Batman or whatever. Um, maybe you use a different character, kind of like James Bond, but they don't really remake the James Bond movies. You know what I'm saying? Like there isn't a there is they didn't remake Goldfinger. They just made a. Daniel Craig is a new James Bond and a new story carries on. And and moving forward now, apparently there's a female who's going to be playing the James Bond character moving forward. That's that's fine with me. Continue the story. Keep it going. But when you keep redoing the same shit over and the Peter Parker story over and over and over again, the Batman story over and over, the Superman story over and over, remaking the entire Child's Play movie all over again. um, I, I think it was Gus. That was a nice. I just heard that thunder. That was serious. Uh, yeah, there. Uh, like a decade, maybe two decades ago, um, Gus Van Zant made Psycho, and not only did he remake Psycho, his his plan was to shoot it exactly the same way as the Hitchcock movie was filmed. Why? We already have the Hitchcock film. <laughs> nah, but that's good point because something that the reason why I'm not like clamp like i'm not dying to go see these new disney animated movies because it's the same story if it was like a continuation maybe simba now goes through the even if it was just the same story but with the characters in different positions that would be better and like i could even think of a million not a million i'm exaggerating as always (laughs) as we do on this podcast but with the whole batman thing like if they came out with a new batman movie tomorrow but it was a brand new story like like there's a really good story where Bruce Wayne goes into the future and he's the modern day Batman, but with the Batman Beyond of that universe. So like it's the ba- I don't know if you ever got to watch the Batman Beyond, but the, yeah. how has there been a Batman Beyond movie yet? That, I don't know. That animated series was insane. Like it was really really good, and there's storylines in and out that you could play with like time zones and shit. Come out with something like that, but I don't want to see you know him like get trained by Ra's al Ghul or whatever the guy's right. name is. And, <laughs> yeah, right. and then he, he, he meets Joker for the first time and there's yeah. a new Joker. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I know. Let's get creative. And I don't know. But again, they, they just keep selling out and... Money talks. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> All right. So the next thing is the Apollo landing. Uh, 2019 is the 50th anniversary of the United States being the first to land on the moon and it got me to thinking when i was a teacher my final year teaching my co-teacher and i were we conducted an experiment with our students in which they had to create a habitat on mars 
because global warming is destroying our planet, blah, blah, blah. We have to find another planet to sustain life. And it got me thinking that that was probably one of the dumbest things I ever did because why why try to why try to move life onto Mars when we could just take care of our own planet try to fix where we already live we're already here we can breathe the air there's water yeah there's ice there's oxygen there's this there's that so preach preach brother preach why are we even why is that even like a thought like you know what i mean well i mean i you're saying that why is just raining nice just keep raining Make it rain. right now there's there's a there's a there's a family in dr that's that's loving this right <laughs> they always ask for rain over there yep yep and then they anyways go, and then they go outside to take a bat, take a shower so so you're saying <laughs> so you're saying you're saying that uh why are we still exploring life on mars or trying to start life on mars i understand that you should we should be trying to learn more about what's out there like if we have the technology to explore outer space go for it why not yeah but why why are we still taking the possibility of of uh making life be sustainable on Mars? Why are why are we even entertaining that? Like Mars is so far away from us that there's only like a I think there's only like a two week window where Mars and Earth are aligned or something like that, or a month window maybe it is or something, and it only happens like once every two years or some shit like that. So it's it's almost impossible to let's say you run out of supplies in mars <laughs> so fucking stupid i can't believe i'm talking about this <laughs> and you need you need somebody from earth or you need supplies from earth you gotta wait months to get this shit you know what i'm saying like yeah um here's what i think man i think that we are explorers <laughs> right and there's nothing left to explore in on this planet except like the deepest of the deep sea uh where spongebob lives <laughs> So I think that we're we should never stop trying to <laughs> expand outwards in, into the universe. I don't think that should ever stop because I think that we need to just keep pushing the boundaries of, of everything. Right. So you think that we should if we can sustain life on Mars, we should try it. I think that we are not going to be around to see well, that. that happens. Because I think that they're not going to start. I wouldn't see why they would start sending people over there unless like life has taken care of itself like for decades or something. You know, I don't know. I wouldn't leave it up to chance that we have supplies like there would have to be a test, a group of people that just fly out there and they try to make it as much as they can with the supplies. Then like what they take, they're going to make it with that. But eventually, you know, are you frozen right now? <laughs> <Can you> no. <laughs> <laughs> you're moving. The last time that happened, the, the feet froze. But you know what I'm saying? Like people are gonna have to go out there and start it up for them, for us to just even start moving. Yeah, over there. I don't, I'm taking this very literal, I guess. But and I know what you and I know what you mean. Why don't we fix this plant, right? But yeah, I think Yo, this we plant don't is need, gonna be alright. Like, like when I see people buying like cases, and this this includes my parents, by the way. So. If you your parents do it or if you do it, don't get offended or or get offended. I don't know. Get offended. Who cares? Anyway, I have the right people to be buy offended. cases and cases and cases of bottled water and shit. And sometimes I go to these people's houses and they might drink a half a bottle and leave it. Get another bottle, leave it. And there's just half filled bottles of water everywhere. Yeah, I'm yeah, just like, 
do we need that? Like, is that necessary? Can we just, you know, fill a cup with water maybe or get a refillable bottle? Yeah, we can. Like, but honestly, man, I think I think the plan is going to be all right. Do we need gas-powered cars? Uh, it's not that we need. We do kind of need them because I think that the effort that would go into replacing all those cars or making those cars obsolete, I think we're gonna. That that's too far. I think that's what India did actually, right? But I think I think it's possible. Yeah, India India is moving toward that, and and I think they're moving at a good pace too. I think it's oh, possible. Yeah. I think it's at the oil industry has a lot of money in politics and there's no incentive for our politicians to say fuck you oil industry because they're getting paid that's what i think but i might be wrong yeah you you went over my head right there because honestly i i'm not <laughs> you're not, a, not you're not an oil executive yeah no i'm not i didn't i it's been a while since i read up on oil and all that stuff and global warming and everything and i didn't mean to do that with global warming <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> you know but i in my opinion, I think the I think the planet is going to make it. If anything, we're not going to make it. Like the planet will get rid of us before we destroy this. Yeah, planet. I'm worried. That's what I'm worried about. I I want to be yeah, around. Yeah, but but I think I honestly think that things that are happening are part of what the planet is. Like it's it's just it's going to happen regardless if we. You think so? Yeah, I think if we. You stop think that this is uh, the acceleration is 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 a normal. You know, I don't think that I don't think that anyone could predict what it is because like what it to the T of what it is like. You can't tell me we you know our gas power cars are the the reason for this. There's a, there could be other reasons. The, just like yeah, we don't know f- for sure. I like mean, how farts like that's know. part of the reason. I'm not even kidding. Um, <laughs> no, no, but honestly, like uh, I think that how can we really know? You know what this what this planet's gonna end up being like. It's a, it's a planet, and we only have one. To Damn, that was deep. To base our to base our <laughs> to base our predictions and theories and all that calculation stuff. We only have one planet. Like I think that it's gone through shit before, and it's gonna go through. For all we know, we're, we're gonna we're headed towards an ice age. I think in the wasn't it wasn't the world afraid of global freezing or global cooling in the eighties? I don't know, man. Yeah, I think there was a campaign the same way that there was one for global warming. It used to be the world was headed down a cooling path. Where hmm. It's too cold. It's going to be too cold and all that stuff. And that ended up being wrong. So it's like, I don't know. I think I think we're okay, man. Don't live okay. in those. Don't live in earthquake places and don't live in hurricane places. And you should be all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They predict a global you... cooling in the 1970s. I'll have to read up on that mm. a little yeah. later. Um, a political yeah. campaign. Word. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, like I said, I understand space exploration. I think it's the smart thing to do. Who knows what you're going to bump into out there. Um, but in the meantime, just take care of... Just like you take care of your own house, take care of your own planet, people. Be responsible. Well, well, yeah, that's the thing. You can only you can only do what you can. You can't just change people, right? They no, just gotta, you can't. You can't. No, yeah. I'm just saying. Do what you got to do. I got a bottle of water right here, but I finish all my shit. You better, and you better recycle that shit, too. We, do we recycle here, man? You do? We're hip.
All right, let's start with Bud Selig because he went on the Dan Patrick show last weekend. All I have prepared is the sound. My plan for playing the sound is CT. It is two minutes plus. Is anytime you want to interject, if he sounds like he's being he's full of shit or you want to rebut whatever he's saying, just tell me to stop and I'll stop the tape. You could say you could say whatever it is you want to say, and I'll do the same thing on my end. Yeah. Um, but I, I heard the clip. Listen. Yeah. I might want to listen to the whole thing, honestly, because okay, two minutes, I, what's, what's two minutes these days, you know? I might interject. Who knows? So let's yeah, take a listen to what Bud Selig had to say on the Dan Patrick show last week about Barry Bonds, the home run chase, and so on and so forth. Who, by the way, he was the commissioner when that happened. Keep that in mind. I can't imagine. I, you know, I'm sure that you had this was crystallized to you of what it was doing to the game, and you had guys who – we're, we're doing things they shouldn't have been doing, getting records, being honored. But here's Hank Aaron, who to me is one of the, you know, the true dignitaries and one of the most underrated players in the history of the game. When you had to honor, if you want to use that word, Barry Bonds for being the all-time home run king, if that doesn't hit home to you, I don't know if anything else in that steroid era would have hit home. How did that feel? Well, it says it in the early part of the book. It didn't feel good at all. It's one of the most difficult. I know I had a go. And you know that Hank Aaron and I have been really close friends for 62 years now. In fact, I saw him in Atlanta last week, and we sat and talked about some of this stuff, as we always do. But um, how did it feel? Not very good. So I just want to say real quick, he wrote a book, but I don't know if you know this, Bud Selig wrote this book, and he, he talks about the whole steroid era and how – all this nonsense. And I just want to I just want to interject really quick when he says stuff like that about Barry Bonds, you knew very well what the fuck was going on in the game and you did nothing about it. So don't sit there and act like, you know, you're wiping your hands clean of it how you you know, it was so difficult for you to go to see Barry Bonds potentially break the home run record. Bullshit. You knew that it was good for the game. You knew that people were watching and you did nothing about it. So don't start Best. acting like you're some sort of fucking saint now all of a sudden. Best time in baseball, right? Yeah, man. Those it, those late nineties and and by the um, way, then it was juiced players. Now we have juiced balls. What's worse? Who's doing it now? It's baseball, right? Like it just it yeah. just goes to show, like you know, they're they're just as much at fault. I'm talking about the league as a whole as the players are. You know what I'm saying? Like my it's thing a business. is, my thing is, is that how how like how is it okay? And let's not be dumb. Yeah, I mean, Griffey is on record saying that Barry Bonds didn't take shit, that he worked for those muscles no, or something. He took I, I'm it. paraphrasing. I know, I know. But the fact that he never failed the drug test. Right. And, you know, whatever whatever the case may be, he never failed the drug test. You don't want to acknowledge him as the leading home run king, whatever, but get him into the Hall of Fame, right? If Bud Selig is in the Hall of Fame, every one of these players, if exactly. they're Hall of Fame eligible, should be in the Hall of Fame. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, man, and why? I, I just hate, like, it had, it had to be Bonds, man, right? Bonds had to break, not not just break, but he destroyed that record. Oh, my God. Not just that, CT. The year that he came in, that season, 2001, his jersey size was 10 times bigger than the year before. His hat was, I think it was it went from 7 and, and 1 eighth to 7 and a quarter or something, or 7, yeah, 7 and a quarter. His, his head got bigger. He went from hitting like 35 home runs to 73. He more than doubled his home runs production. Like, yep. 
that's you know that's what i think that's what pissed people off is that i think people knew that players were enhancing were taking performance enhancing drugs but when barry bonds just like completely transformed himself it was almost like rocky four when he fights against the russian he was he was the russian basically um it's fucking nuts man i don't know yeah but i I'm curious. He said that he he spoke to Hank Aaron and they speak about it all the time. Uh, what does Hank Aaron, didn't Hank Aaron acknowledge it like that Barry Bonds should be in the hall? So let's hear. He has more to say. I don't. I don't. I think. I think Aaron and Mays do acknowledge him as the home run leader. It was Mays. It was Mays. Never mind. Yeah, yeah but Mays. but I don't know what they say in private. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's yeah. hear what else what else he had to say. Will you allow me to ask you questions based on you just being a baseball fan, not a commissioner? I, I will. Yeah, absolutely. Who do you consider the all-time home run king? Well, I've never really answered that, but but I will say this to you. Um, in my mind, uh, um, even though Bonds holds the record, and I've said records are records, uh, I, I think you know how I feel about Henry Aaron. So Henry Aaron's the all-time home run king, in your opinion? Yes. Would you vote for Barry Bonds as a fan that that's the one I will not answer because what I've said is I did everything I could do. I am. Um, what did you do, Bud Selig? What did you do? We have Hank an interview Aaron. with Greg Stasekel in which he said that he informed Major League Baseball in 1994 that players were taking performance-enhancing drugs. Nothing happened. This is literally seven years later. Nothing happened until Barry Bonds transformed his body and then Game of Shadows came out and then the Mitchell report was ordered. It took that long for something to happen. Give me a yeah. fucking break. So I I think that uh that's something really good to say and I'm it's gonna come back to me. I'm looking <laughs> I'm at sorry. I'm looking at let me let me let me say this first, right? Home run king, right? Who do you think is the home run king? But don't base it off who's in first. Who do you think is the home run king? To me, I I would say Babe Ruth is the home run king. Yeah. Like, he just seemed like, why do you have to be in first? What are numbers these days anyways? Everybody played in a different era, right? right. I think we should always, like I always said, like, I don't think these numbers, it should never be about the numbers, like the final number. We look at, we look at Albert Pujols' career. He's not going to be in first place for any of this shit, except most grounded into double plays, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going to be first in anything, but I can still make the argument that he was the greatest hitter that ever played the game, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Hank Aaron's career. He has a lot of bolds everywhere. So he was an amazing player. I'm starting to think that he was on some shit because every player that's ever had this much consistency this late into their career was on something <laughs> that mm-hmm. we know of, pretty much. Like, every other player you could think of broke down Ichiro was never the same. Albert Pools isn't the same. Uh, we don't know what Mike Trout's going to be, you know? Yeah. Every other player that found that second wind in late in their career, we can pretty much say they were on something, right? Right. So I don't think the home run king should go to just who, whoever has the most home runs. Like, to me, Babe Ruth was the home run king. And we should always appreciate, like, Barry Bonds, who did shit in his era that nobody else did. And that's it. Yeah. Get him into the Hall of Fame. It was yeah, an I, era. Like you could even consider juice balls or not. We could consider this era like the era of the superstar mega deals or something. Right. You know? That's different. Players right. 
are getting paid now more than ever, ever that that to me affects some part of the game some players take steroids to get that contract you know it's, it's a different era i don't know yeah 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 and and there's a lot of different factors that play into how many home runs a player hits also like in in the 1920s there was i think 154 games in a season and babe ruth set the all-time record while playing in fewer games than than these other players. I'm not trying to make a case for Babe Ruth, but I'm trying to make a point. Then I think it was in 1961, baseball jumped to 162 games. All of a sudden, Roger Maris breaks Babe Ruth's single-season home run record. Um, Then you have juicing, or whatever happened in the 1990s, which allowed Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds to exceed the 60-home run threshold. So things happen, and and what I'm trying to say is Nothing was done to try to stop these players from taking performance enhancers. When in 1998, when somebody found a bottle of creatine in Mark McGuire's locker, which is a which is now I think it's a banned substance, but then it wasn't. Um, but that I guess that's a precursor for steroids or whatever. People knew what he was doing, but nobody said shit. Instead, we celebrated his home runs. But Seelig went to the game where he broke the home run. They they did this huge ceremony for him. And um, I just think it's a crock of shit for him to come out now and start acting like, you know, as if he tried to do something about it. Just yeah, like to your shit. Just say, listen, at the time, baseball was struggling. Um, this helped. And, you know, we didn't have any rules against steroids. Uh, so we couldn't enforce any any rules or whatever. Um, yeah, like. It's like know. you. It's it's like you said though. Baseball is the only sport. Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. These guys put the sport on a new level in their day when they were hitting all those home runs on steroids, whatever. That time frame, Alex Rodriguez. You, like we should celebrate these guys. Yeah, they they cheated, even though everybody was cheating, I guess. But a guy like Barry Bonds should be celebrated. Like what he did in in that time. It's it's just unheard of and. I just think that if if it ever fi- if we ever found out that I don't know Mike Trout was on some shit <laughs> <laughs> I still think his his ability is something that we should should be celebrated you know and I think other sports like football have steroid users and they're not ashamed the way that baseball players are no like they're still the best athletes in the world you know they they still help the sport yeah, and we, I, we, I think it's weird that baseball just kind of like it's it's like a witch hunt for these guys like Barry Bonds. Like I remember when I saw Barry Bonds in the Marlins thing and I was like, wow, like they're they allowed this like <laughs> it's right. the Marlins. But I don't know. man. Don't, it, it's like the, the Antonio Brown was working with Tony Bosch a couple of months ago. It's not even a story anymore. It's not talked about anymore. If this was no. baseball, this would be nonstop every single day. Which kind um, of. Which kind of makes you question, like, this juice baseball thing. It's, like, it's going to get to a point. I feel like it's going to be a repeat. Like, they're not going to do anything about it until it's, like, 10 years down the road. And everyone's cracking, like, 500 home runs career-wise. Right. Or something. Right, right, right. I don't know. And the thing, is, the thing with the juice baseballs is I, there's no doubt in my mind that the balls are juice. Like, the, the, there's been enough stuff done to prove that the balls are different than they were before. But there's also other factors, which we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, and you guys can check out a piece that I wrote on it on WTTSpod.com. Um, but the the temperatures are warmer across the board, mm-hmm. and apparently in warmer air, the ball, the ball travels farther. So 
that's one factor that could contribute to more home runs. Another huge factor is the launch angle revolution. It's a fact that players in baseball are swinging at a higher launch angle than they ever were before. They're literally trying to hit home runs, whereas yeah. before they were trying to slap singles or bunt, you know, sacrifice yeah, bunt yeah. or hit yep. oppo. So there's a lot of factors at play here, and and the fact of the matter is, is I did some research because I was trying to do something, but I couldn't really formulate it on my mind. It was too too complicated for me. Mm-hmm. Although the home run rate has increased. It's we still haven't seen the biggest home run rate increase from one year to another. Um, that happened before, you know. Yes, the players are hitting more home runs than ever before, but we've seen the rate increase at a higher percentage from when you, from one year to another. I don't know if this makes sense. Yeah, you're um, saying that you're saying that at, although we're seeing more home runs, this isn't as big as a leap as it was at another point in history. Right. Exactly. Take it away. Um, man. And there's a lot of factors at play with that. Maybe. The season was expanded or maybe more teams were added or um, you have the dead ball era. So you saw more less home runs during that era. Um, new, new maple bats. Bats became maple or, or they were right. they didn't have to be ash bats or something. They, yeah, exactly. Like in 1969, there was a huge jump in home runs, but I can't really figure out why, because nothing stadiums. Stadiums became smaller. Maybe stadiums became smaller, something like that. I'm not sure. And that's, that would, and that's that what would I'm be saying. Something good to investigate. Yeah, but like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think we gotta forget about if the balls are juiced. It's just a change that happened. But I know the balls are not the same. Uh, what was the year that they said the balls became juiced? 2014 ish, right? 2014, 15, around there. Yeah. I know the ball from 1995 is not the same as the ball from 1965. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the same baseball. It can't be. That's impossible. Right. Well, no, no. Two here's another example. ABO baseball. The guy that we interviewed, uh, Trevor Oaks. He's talking about how the bats that he uses is from a specific tree in Canada that he doesn't want to tell anybody about because you can make, you can manufacture amazing bats at a cheap price that don't break. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure back in the day they didn't have bats like this. We when we talked to David Neft for the Babe Ruth episode, he had a Stan Musial bat. And he wouldn't let us touch it, but he told us how how if you were to lift that bat, you would see that it feels completely different than a modern bat. It was super heavy, and it wasn't as balanced as bats are today. So there's a lot of yeah. factors that play into into the type of shit that we see. So I, I agree with what you're saying, that, that you, you can't compare Babe Ruth to Barry Bonds, and you can't compare Aaron Judge to Barry Bonds, let's say. It's a different era, it's a different game, and there's different factors at play. Um, a, so just leave yeah. it where it is and just, you know, yeah. these people put up Hall of Fame type numbers. Let them in. That's it. Let them in because, that, I mean, stop making it so much about what they like. They cheated. I get it. But they're not they're not the only ones that cheated. And and they did. It's like you said, they put up historic numbers that I'm pretty sure you put everybody on steroids in Barry Bond that was around Barry Bonds. He would have still probably been the best player. Yeah. Or. One of the best players. And I think that's Hall of Fame worthy. They're the ones that we know cheated. Um, Not because we have the facts in front of us, but because our eyes don't lie. Because the information that's been provided pretty much, you know, uh, makes them guilty of of cheating. Um, But how about the ones that we don't know who cheated? Like, can I say with 100% certainty that Ken Griffey Jr. didn't? juice or that Derek Jeter didn't juice because 
when Andy Pettit when Andy Pettit came out in the Mitchell report, I would have never thought that Andy Pettit was was taking HGH. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't doing anything superhuman. On top of that, he was never the best. He wasn't this otherworldly talent that we thought to ourselves, like, holy shit, this guy is special. He wasn't like Jose Fernandez. Jose Fernandez only pitched for what? How many years did he get to pitch in the major leagues? Nah, a couple years, two or three years. I can say without a doubt that I think Jose Fernandez is more talented than Andy Pettit. Yeah, for sure. Across all aspects of maybe not con- maybe control what Andy Pettit, whatever he, whatever he was good at. Right. I try not to think about it. It was dark times. <laughs> but whatever he was good at, you know, that's Jose, you know, they, we're talking about we're talking about like Ronald Acuña. Right. His talent is that's maybe 10 guys in the league that that match up to that, yeah. you know? Uh and I think that if everybody in the league was given the same performance enhancing drugs, it would it still would be Ronald Acuña and mm-hmm. everybody else. It would still be Nolan Arenado and everybody else or like Mike Trout and everybody else. Right. That's what I think, but we're never going to know, right? Like Right. But it, it it's it's like, like we can't compare guys, man. The fact that people play in different stadiums, mm-hmm. you know, that alone, like, what do we do? We put an asterisk on everybody that plays at Coors Field, right? If, if the if, if Nolan Arenado lives out to beat the home run record, is he the home run king, or are we gonna put that you know Coors Field, right? Thing asterisk or whatever, yeah, yeah. And here's another thing about steroid users in terms of of what I said before about the players that we know and the players that we don't know. When we interviewed Eddie Dominguez, I don't know if this came out in the interview, but he he had spoken to people who said that up to like 80% of players in baseball were juicing at one point. And, yep. you know, other, other people said that it was a little less or whatever. There's a lot of people say different things, but say it's just 40 or 50% of players. That's still a lot of players that are, yeah. that are taking performance enhancers. And the fact of the matter is that most of them aren't doing it because they want to hit the ball further or they want to run faster or whatever. It's to stay on the field. That's why Andy Pettit did it. It's to stay on the field and stay healthy. Is that any different than Tommy John getting that Tommy John surgery back in the 70s? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like he did that every, to help him stay on the field. You know what I mean? He, enhan- he enhanced himself. Right. So, you know, wearing batting gloves, that enhances your, your play. Right. The new gloves, the cleats. Uh, sunglasses, you know, yeah. that enhances your, I mean, if we're being honest, let's strip them down from all the stuff that they can use to their advantage. Pine tar, whenever, whatever, right. whatever era didn't have pine tar. Let's go back to those days where things were all the same. And then, then you have a case of comparing everybody like side by side, but it's the, I'm starting to think about these new rule changes. I kind of don't even give a shit anymore because it's just going to change. Things are just going to change and we're just going to have to. Our time in this on this planet, in this life, this <laughs> physical life, is limited. In a hundred years from now, who cares of what you know? Who cares that Josh Hamilton performed in his thing? You know, like we're we're right. gonna care about it. We watched it. That's it. Do you know what my so, problem is? It's it's the lie. It's it's the if, lie. Yeah. If if baseball could just come out and say we because baseball owns Raw, Rawlings, by the way, the company that makes baseballs. If baseball came out and said yes. We bought Rawlings and we have changed the, you know, the dynamics of the baseball moving forward. This is the baseball that we're going to use. I don't think any I mean, there are going to be some purists out there, some old farts, 80 or 90 year old men who's, who are going to say shit like, ah, you know, yeah, they're going to be. That's not yeah. the same guy that I I bet you Roger Maris could hit 75 home runs with that ball. But I, I don't give a fuck about the 85 year old man. I, I want to I want to attract the 12 year old boy and girl 
who want to watch baseball, who want to be entertained, and who are going to be fans for the next fucking 70 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's who I'm trying to attract. Like, I'm sorry, man, but fuck no your matter, older audience. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean? no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you're going to upset the purest. Somebody's going to get upset. At one point, but, at, at some point, we're going to be the purest. And yeah. they're going to be like, you know what? Robots are a lot of play now. And we're going to be like, fuck that. Yeah. And then we're going to love it. We're just going to keep watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Because like, what else are you going to do at that old age? Like not watch TV? Exactly. I, I don't want to watch Matlock and fucking uh, what's that guy's name? Columbo and shit. I just, um, since, we're, since we're talking about old age, I'm going to throw this in there real quick. I don't know how the X-Files keeps getting re, you know, gets newer episodes. Because if you look on I, I, IMDB. Yeah. That's is that what it is? IMDb Internet Movie Database. Yeah, IMDb. I never knew it stood for that, but if you look, they it says nineteen ninety whatever dash like the show hasn't been hasn't ended yet. Oh, because I, I guess because it does, hasn't officially ended. Yeah, so I watched because they they did a new season recently, didn't they? They came out with a movie or something recently, but I just finished season five like the other day, mm. and I start season six, and there's a bunch of shit going on that I'm like. What? Where is this coming from? Like, there's a bee monster somewhere. They they were they were in the they were in like ice caps or something. And I'm like, oh, are they doing like a back in? They're gonna go back in time and then propel for something crazy. And I find out there's a movie that came out between season five and season six what? that plays in. Yeah, man, I gotta watch a fucking movie now, man. Like, oh come on, you believe this shit? That's too much, man. That's too much work. It is, and you know that movie's long as hell. Like, I guarantee it's two hours. <laughs> You want to take us into your topics? Oh, man. You're letting me lead the way here? Let's do Here's it. T- here you go, son. Take the steering wheel. Sit uh, on Papa's lap. So, so Sunday, Francisco Lindor hits a foul ball. It hits a three-year-old kid. And they left immediately. Had to, be go- had to go to the hospital. I don't know what happened to the kid. But basically, it led to Francisco Lindor calling out MLB saying that all, bar pa- all ballparks should extend the netting all the way down i think like i guess to the foul pole is what i'm assuming mm-hmm. um and i'm surprised it hasn't been done yet because even this season i think it's already happened in a in a, in a cubs game that i saw yeah. and i know since since the first time they put up the netting in yankee stadium it was because something had happened somewhere mm-hmm. and but they still don't have it extended all the way down i think it's only up until the, the dugout. dugout yeah yeah so, I mean, it's – I don't know if it's because the fans have anything to say about it. I don't think it's going to – I used to think it's going to be – it was kind of weird to have the netting there because that's – having a baseball hit to you is, like, part of the experience. But they'll right. still get baseballs. They'll still get foul pop-ups that go over the net. Yeah. But it, I think it's okay to leave out screaming line drives to, you know, like a 70-year-old woman that's just out there with her granddaughter. You know, like, I agree. You were talking. You're talking about the uh, so the Lindor situation, and then what had happened before was the uh, the Almora one, yeah. Where he where he couldn't even continue playing in the game. They took him out of the game. He was like breaking down, crying. It was a little girl, and she apparently was released from the hospital. But I was talking to my wife about this. We don't know what the repercussions are for this kid moving forward. Like a no, brain yeah, injury, can't. yeah, a brain injury could impact the re- the remainder of your life. You know what I'm saying, like. Um, and that girl was hit with a with a screamer right in the head. A little, I think she was like two or three years old. Um, and I agree with you. Like, just just expand the netting. I went to a game, a Nats game in D.C. last year, 
And I sat behind the, the visitors dugout. They were playing against the Yankees, maybe five or ten rows back. And the netting was there, but the players still threw balls over the nets at, at fans and stuff. Like, you still yeah. you could still talk to the players. And um, I forget who I was talking to recently who, who came up with a pretty good idea. I'm sure that baseball can figure out a way where in between innings the net comes down or something. And you could talk to players and they could toss balls at you and stuff like that. Um, but That's in cool. game, you know, like the most expensive seats in a stadium are behind home plate. There's always been a net there. So fans will get over it. If, if, if you can keep people safe in stadiums, there's no reason why the netting shouldn't, shouldn't be expanded at this point. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I remember the, when the first time they even thought about putting netting up, I was like, come on, just pay attention. But honestly, it's not that big a deal. Like put it's the not that big up. a deal. Yeah. It's and really the thing, not that big a deal. Be- and it's not worth, it's not worth it. Yeah, you know, there's there's a girl, there's a girl that got taken out. There's a girl that got taken (laughs) out that day that has no idea what the hell's going on. And she's on her phone. And, you know, the guy thought it would have been a good idea to take it to her baseball game. And now she she caught she caught one to the face. (laughs) And now you don't want to see her no more. (laughs) (laughs) Life comes at you fast. (laughs) Word. <laughs> yeah, you know, in in state in the stadium they they encourage you to interact on your phone like they have the ballpark app on on for MLB yeah. and stuff. Um just expand the netting, fuck it. You know, you go to hockey games and you sit behind glass. Nobody gives a fuck. Um you'll get Seriously, over it. Seriously. No one's no one's mad that they can't like potentially catch a hockey puck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Imagine, imagine coming at you 150 miles an hour <laughs> or whatever. Um yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I guess we're both in agreement there. So there's really no no need to continue that conversation. Uh, Oh, but one more thing about that is that I don't think MLB has come out on any occasion for any of these incidents has has come out and said anything about it. They're just kind of they have um, Rob Rob Manford made a actually made an an emergency episode on the CT. Um, He came out and said something to the effect that the fans don't want it, and that's why baseball won't do it, which I think is a crock of shit. Because just do it. I don't want to go to Yankee. <laughs> I don't want to go to Yankee Stadium and spend twelve hundred dollars to sit in field level seats, but you still charge me those prices anyway. So why don't you listen to the fans then? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see. I don't want to sit in in obstructed view seats. But you fucking put it there anyway, and you make me, you still make me pay for those seats and shit. I don't want to spend twenty dollars on a hot dog. I don't want to spend thirty dollars on a beer or whatever the hell it costs. So don't give me that bullshit. Your job is to keep the fans safe, and I think that the fans at this point, from what I've seen on Twitter, the vast majority of fans, and I know Twitter isn't real life, but anyway, um, won't care about a net. Yeah, like if if I'm the commissioner and I take a poll and the poll and the and the poll says no, we don't want the fan the netting, I would still do it. Yeah, me too. Because what's and worse I PR than out. seeing a little girl get hit in the face by a fucking line drive? Like, come on, man. Yeah, and by the way, if I ever do take a child to the ballpark, he's not getting hit by a baseball. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. And if I'm sitting in those sections, like I know that guy probably wasn't expecting it, but yeah. as hard as those balls are hit, I feel like your human instinct should kick in and you should at least be able to like, you know, they were really not paying attention. man. they were just like not were, even. Yeah. And I didn't see the video of the person. I just saw the feed, like whatever the game had showed. But I don't know yeah. if there was like a slow motion zoomed in enhanced video of, of it. But 
I just yeah. remember Almora's reaction, and I was like, "Holy shit, that must have been yeah, serious." Yeah, he, he was like crying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Francisco Lindor was pretty shaken up too. I think he like had to step out and like say a prayer or something. Yeah, it's there's no reason there's no reason for it. Anyways, <laughs> man, uh, I know we have a topic there, but I'm gonna leave that for last. Let's talk about Nick Castellanos. Ooh. A Detroit Tiger. Uh, he is complaining about Comerica Park. And if you guys never played MLB The Show before, what I would usually do is get the best home run hitters in the game and put them in Comerica Park because it's a deep, it's a deep ballpark. So mm-hmm. it's like it, you have fun kind of hitting home runs out of deeper ballparks, right? I mean, what's exciting about, you know, using Babe Ruth in Yankee Stadium and just hitting the... You know, the short porch, like the ball can't even travel far. Right. I don't know where I'm going with this. But anyways, he's ripping that stadium for being too deep. And I'm going to read a couple stats. I'm actually going to read what he said. If I could just uh, get this to work. Uh, he said this park and oh, another thing, too. I This is the only article that I found. So if this is just a hoax or some complete lie, we apologize. You know, I guess we don't. We don't fact check. <laughs> we, we don't backtrack. <laughs> Castellano says, this park is a joke. It's to the point where how are we going to be compared to the rest of the people in the league in terms of power numbers, OPS, slugging, and all that stuff when we got a yard out, the, out here that's 420 feet straight across center field? I mean, they can. I'm not going to read the whole thing. You got the point. He's upset. Yeah. 420 to center field is is pretty deep. But my And, and uh, here's some other stats. They have they're they're in last place in the majors with home runs. Uh forty-eight of their game. They have thirty-four home runs in forty-eight home games. And then they have fifty-five home runs in forty-eight road games. Mm. So yeah, that's that's a drop off. But my thing is, is that everybody's playing in that field with you guys. You yeah, know, you, it's, exactly. not like, it's not like you guys are forced to play there and then the other team goes drives over to a smaller bar park ballpark and uh you know, gets to hit home runs with with a shorter fence. So, right. what's the big deal, right? Yeah, I, I I think that Tigers are one of those organizations that like they hired. I think Garden Hire, Gar, what's his name? Garden is it Garden Hire? What the fuck is his name? He used to be the Twins manager. Yeah, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. They're one of those teams that hasn't like progressed with the rest of the league. Like they they their analytics department is still not as big as the other teams. Um, they gave Miguel Cabrera that giant contract at, at like the worst possible time. Um, and they're one of those teams like the Mets where they seem to not be able to adapt to the, to the, like, all right. Like for example, like Yankee stadium has a short porch in right field, right? So Yank, the Yankees are always looking for right for, for left-handed power bats because they want to expose that part of their field. If you're the Detroit Tigers, why aren't you? finding players that fit your ballpark you know what i'm saying like like or or try to find power bats who can hit that far or find doubles hitters guys who are going to drop it in the gap and that shit's just going to roll forever you know what i'm saying like there's no excuse and like you said um everybody you know it's not like you have an unfair advantage because you get to play in other ballparks too so when when players come to play in your field you're playing on the same level it's the same playing field like just shut the fuck up, Nick Castellanos. You're going to get traded anyway, so shut up. Yeah. So 
he he goes on to say we'll get we'll get on second base or third base and they'll come up and be like man how do you guys do this we play 81 games here man i don't want to hear about the two you hit that are questionable i don't know what the hell i guess other players are like man no you guys got to play here like this sucks you guys don't get to hit home runs is it all about the home runs already like is that really all we can i'm starting to think like it's all about the home runs because you hit a home run and your ops could skyrocket yeah because that's you get the most that's added a thousand to it. points yeah with the home run and i'm starting to think that maybe that they only care about the stat line now and how it's gonna look he's about to get traded so i'm looking here his ops at home at comerica park is 720 while away it's 921 that's a big difference yeah right uh is that maybe he cares about that in terms of one day he has to sign a contract and yeah a guy that got to hit Curtis Granderson, who who hit the most home runs in his career at Yankee Stadium, uh, forty back to back seasons Twice, where he yeah. hit forty home. Yeah, you know he that probably made him look better than he was. I guess I don't know. Maybe maybe that's why these guys are so obsessed with hitting home runs now because OPS is one of the bigger stats used today. Yeah, and what helps out more than than a home run? So maybe that's what it is. I don't know, man. Maybe he's annoyed because he won't get to cash in like other guys that are hitting nine nine twenty. Yeah, OPS. I, I, I get, I get it, but but like OPS. I said, then then you have to, as a player, you have to adjust, change, adjust, change up your game a little bit. You know what I get mean? Get on like base I, more. I, I forgot. I don't. I don't want to make this up, but I feel like I heard this at a Yankee game that Aaron Judge hasn't hit a hasn't hit a ball to left field yet this year. Is mm. that I don't know if I can check I don't know if there's a way to check that real quick, but I'm pretty sure I, could, I heard that in a in a I could yeah. tell you that I could tell you that the at bats that I've seen have all been through the same hole of second he, like second base and second second baseman and second base. Like that right. hole right there. All the singles that I've seen him hit have been there. But you're telling me he hasn't hit even a home run to left field? He hasn't hit a home run to left field and at, that's weird. In my mind, he's trying to expose that short porch. He's trying to go to the shortest part of the field. So, you know, that's an adjustment that he's making. Yeah, he strikes out a lot and stuff. He's been striking out a lot lately. But um Oh yeah, don't I know it. <laughs> but that's what I'm trying to say. Like I, I don't know. I just I, I can't stand it when players bitch about shit like this. That kind of bothers me a little bit. So Nick Castellanos will most more than likely get traded at some point, and he'll get his wishes. He'll probably play in a in a band box, and he'll put his numbers up. So, don't worry about it, bro. Keep fighting the good fight, Nick. And last but not least, guys, uh, t- the Hall of Fame 2019 Hall of Fame class was inducted yesterday. Mm-hmm. Got some good ones in there. Mariano, baby. Got a questionable one. Who? Don't tell Al me Mike Messina. Oh, yeah, I know. How about uh the other guy, the closer? What the fuck is his name? Lee Smith. Lee Smith? That was also random, too. I mean, maybe because he he was a dominant closer at a time where closers weren't dominant. I don't know. I didn't watch baseball back then. So they weren't voted in. Lee, Harold Baines and Lee Smith, and I think those are the only two. Weren't they were voted in through the uh, through a players committee? Yeah, I know. Um, so in that in those instances, like you're getting voted in by friends, like people that you get along with. Like it's not so much about how good of a player you are, which I kind of have a problem with because I I agree. I don't know if Harold Beans is is Hall of Fame worthy. I don't think he is. I'm looking at the numbers right now, and I honestly cannot tell you what stands out. He had. 
a 29 home run season, which you could argue was his best season. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I really player, don't... but oh yeah, you know. all star player and, and you know finished 13th MVP voting, 10th, 20th, 9th. Uh, I just don't see what makes this. I mean, we're talking about the Hall of Fame, and right. I hate the Hall of Fame at this point, right? Because all the I shit that's that's been going on. But still, it's the Hall of Fame. Like, <laughs> I agree. And and uh, I wrote an article this weekend that I'm actually kind of proud of because some of my writers weren't submitting shit, so I had to write something spur of the moment, and it came out pretty good. And it was about Mike Mussina and how I think he is Hall of Fame worthy, especially in this day and age. But how... I, I don't know if this if this is something that I heard somewhere, but I called him the king of almost because he doesn't have the 300 wins. He's om- he's almost there, literally. He never won 20 games in a season until his last season, and the 20th win came in his last game, so he almost didn't get there. He didn't get the 3,000 strikeouts, but he's almost there. He almost had two perfect games, one with the Orioles and one with the Red Sox. I mean, one with the Orioles and one once when he was with the Yankees. He came within two outs of a perfect game with the Orioles against the Indians. And he came within one out of a perfect game when he was with the Yankees against the Red Sox. Um, everything in his career is like one notch, like not even a notch, like a half a notch, a quarter of a notch below what the all-time greats do. But in this day and age, I think I think in this era of baseball, like post the steroid era, I'm going to say, he was one of the most consistent, dominant pitchers in baseball. He wasn't mm-hmm. like, he wasn't like Randy Johnson, who struck out 300 batters and pitched to a, you know, a sub three ERA every year. But he was going to give you 32 starts a season. He was going to post a three ERA, maybe a two ERA. He was going to strike out 200 batters, maybe 150, and he was. You knew what you were going to get from him, and and mm-hmm. that shit doesn't exist anymore. I think. So in, in MLB, you have to wait, what, five years to be inducted? Yes. Wow. So it's been five years for Mariano already? It's Next year, Jeter's up, man. That's I'm crazy. Just, well, I think, I, I think in the sense of Mike Messina, I mean, you could argue if he's a Hall of Famer or not, but the fact that he didn't get – he wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer and he eventually got in, I think that I think that makes sense, especially if you got guys getting voted in by committee like Harold Baines, which I'm still trying – I'm going to have to look this up, like what makes him a Hall of Famer? What <laughs> – who out there wrote a piece, an article or something proving why he's a Hall of Famer? And I, I'm really curious to see what the reasons were. But, yeah, I, I'm I'm OK with Mike Messina getting in. But, I mean, I think guys like Zach Greinke have to get in now. You know? I think Zach Greinke is 100 percent Hall of Fame worthy. I, I think if he retired today, he's a Hall of Famer. And yeah, I agree. His numbers are gonna, aren't going to look as good as as other people that are pitching today probably like Verlander or Scherzer maybe they're not going to look as good I I think that I think that th- that crop of pitchers the Grenkies the Verlanders the 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 Kershaws the Scherzers Kluber came came out a little bit later he was older um that's the last of a kind in pitching um I don't think that's going to be that's going to exist anymore you're seeing pitchers throwing gems being taken out of games with 85 pitches now. It used to be 100. Like, I remember when, when Pedro Martinez used to cross that 100 threshold, and I remember that being a big deal at the time. And before that, I had never heard anything about pitch counts before. Like, like I had read a story somewhere where David Cohn, I think it was in 2000, threw like 160 pitches in a game or some shit like that. That wasn't wow. It wasn't even a thought to take him out because he was pitching well. 
Um, now we're to the point where we don't let pitchers face a lineup a third time. We're taking them out with 80 pitches, 85 pitches. Um, th- I think that the Hall of Fame is going to have to readjust how they vote for certain pitchers. Um, so a player like Zach Greinke, if he were to hang it up today, in my mind, he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's good enough. Yeah, because he's, he's put up some pretty great seasons. Yeah, he has. That are all time up there. Um, so, yeah, and, and uh, let's talk about the ones that definitely should have gotten in, Mariana Rivera. Yeah, oh, my God. Go ahead, man. Damn. That was a good. That was a good one. I wish I could. Where's the ball? It's, it's back there. I don't know. Do you see a ball like right there somewhere? Right. Wait. Wait. Where's my finger? There it is. I know. What you, I know. Where you, I know where you. There. I know where you're going. Hold on. I know where you're going with this. Go for it, bro. That's just like offense. I don't even know why you would throw go it there. to me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no, no. I meant, seriously, to, I meant to. I meant to do this sooner, but then I realized we're. <laughs> We're towards the end of the episode. No, man. Marion, I didn't even know that he wasn't a pitcher when he got signed. What was he? I don't know. They they just, I think they scouted him and said, you'd be a good pitcher. And he was like, what the hell? I'm not a pitcher or something. I don't know. Hmm. And I always knew he struggled when he came up as a starting pitcher. But I didn't know it was to the point that in the season that they did, it was like kind of like what happened to Severino. Yeah. Uh, his second year, I think, right? Severino. Sec- when Severino first came up, he he had flashes of being great, right? Right. Yeah. And then second year, he struggled. They sent him down. He struggled, and then he bullpen. was in the bullpen towards the end of the season. So it was kind of like that, except I think even worse because he was he... bad as a starter. Yeah. But and, uh, uh, and uh, the '97, I think it was '97, the '96 season, he was a setup man for John Wetland. And he was, I mean, automatic. He would come in for two, maybe three innings. I remember he, I think he was in Cy Young contention that season. Mm -hmm. And um, he was dominant, man. It's just, I can't, I think one day watching a game, it was, it was the Red Sox, maybe Red Sox Yankees, maybe two years ago. I said something like, Craig Kimbrell reminds me of Mariano because you, you know that the game is over when he was coming into the game. Yeah. And. But I feel like last year, maybe even a little this year, even though he just came up, he's kind of lost that a little bit. Like, he he seems a little more hittable. I'm talking about Craig Kimbrell. With Mariano, I feel like there was never a point where I lost confidence in him at any point in his career um, since he became a starter. So, I mean, a a closer from 97 to, well, let's say 96 when he was a set of man until he retired in 2014, 2015, whenever it was. I never lost the confidence in Mariano Rivera. As soon as he came in that game, you knew you knew ninety nine percent of the time it was over. Um, and that the crazy shit about it is that he did it on one pitch. Like yep. that shit just blows my mind. That in 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 a twenty plus year career, nobody could figure out the cutter except for David Ortiz in two thousand and four. You know what? There was a time though, and I'm not. I know I'm not making this up because. Uh, there was, a, remember, there was a there was a there was like a month. It was like a month or two yeah. where he he was coming in and back to back. He wasn't either he wasn't sharp and he would either blow the save or leave the game tied or come out right before he had to blow it. I remember that, and that's what kind of makes me wonder about guys like Craig Kimber. Like, can can we really say he's lost? I think we got to see how his career plays out, but he needs to adapt 
he, I mean, there, he there was never there was never a season like last year. No, Kirk, you're right. Kimbrell had you're it, right. but can you tell me with honesty that you felt really no. confident when Kimbrell came into games last year? Not in the postseason, Ex- especially me, in the postseason. And um, he made me, yeah, he, the postseason was oh man. And with and with Mariano, in fairness, with Mariano, the times that we didn't succeed in the postseason when we had a chance to win a World Series. A lot of the times it was because Mariano would blow the save. But if you go back and look at those games, it took like extraordinary things for that to happen. Like in like in in 1997, I forget who hit it off. I think it was uh, Carlos Baeger or something. Maybe it was Juan Gonzalez. I can't remember. But in 2001, it took a blooper from fucking Luis Gonzalez to win the World Series off of Mariano Rivera. And uh, in in 2004, it took. Like I don't want to again. I don't want to take anything away from the Red Sox, but it took miraculous home runs to put this guy away. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Um, but he's the goal, often, man. More often than not, man, you knew that the game was over when he came into the game. Yeah, he he's the, the goal. That's it. And ERA plus for those of you who don't know, I think this is a stat that's adjusted for ballparks. Mm-hmm. He's the all-time leader in that. So I know he's a closer. He didn't throw as many innings as another pitcher would, like a starting pitcher, but still. Right. That's he's the goat. Yeah, All-time I'm. I'm not saves. I'm not we'll a fan of state. I'm not a fan of the closer role or whatever. But as a relief pitcher, he's the he's greatest relief gonna, pitcher of all time. He's probably going to stay the the leader in saves because nowadays Mariano wouldn't be coming out of close games. Even though there's my argument. I mean, yeah, go. they could have used them in high leverage situations, but. It, it also helped them that they saved him for the ninth inning all those times is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, but in 1996, he was a high-leverage pitcher, and John Wetland was not their best relief pitcher. They still managed to win the World Series with him as their closer, John Wetland I'm talking about. Mariano okay. would come in in high-leverage situations for as long as he needed to, and he got the job done. How many did they win with him as a closer? All right, four. Four? So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's – Using your using your closer or best relief pitcher in high leverage situations, using an opener, I think uh, we're, we're doing the same thing. It's the same thing. Like oh it, you're gonna get similar outcomes with both methods. And I personally like the method where I save my guy for the ninth because I choose to use that method. All right, that's what all, I do. All I'm saying is, CT, the closer, the opener role has netted more wins. Than the reverse. non-opener, yeah. What do you mean? Like the Yankees the are still undefeated in opener games. Still, how many is that? Eight? No, there's been like ten, I think, ish. That's ten games. Yeah, that's not a big sample size, but I mean, in ten games, they couldn't sneak in one win. And the whatever, I don't want to get into this again. All yeah, I'm yeah, this is, is about, works. this is it about works. this is about Hall of Fame. <laughs> Real quick, Roy Holiday, is he a Hall of Famer? I think take take Messina out of it. Uh-huh. If Messina didn't get inducted, is Roy Holiday a Hall of Famer? I think so. I think so, too. But I feel like we talked about this one day, and we kind of agreed that he's borderline Hall of Famer. I don't remember. I think, I think again, he was a, a guy that pitched in the steroid era, and another one of these guys that's that's the last of a of a breed. Like... He used yeah, to he was finish games. Yeah, the guy used to, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't pull up my stats because my computer is lagging. But I remember yeah, I him completing him. a lot of games. He had a lot of shutouts, and he had a lot of innings pitched. He has that that NLDS um, 
Was perfect it a perfect game? game? It was a no hitter. It was a no hitter. Um, <laughs> I think he's Hall of Fame worthy, man. I think he has enough. I, you know, I'm I'm good. Yeah, with he it. let he led the league in complete games one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. That's insane, man. And and yeah, the yeah. day and age that he pitched in post 1998, he's literally the steroid era. Yeah, um, that's crazy. And and uh, this is what I mean about like Hall of being Hall of Fame worthy to me is like. Even even if I didn't look at the numbers, I know that when Roy Holiday was pitching, he was top ten pitchers in baseball. So, and that lasted for more than five seasons, six seasons, seven seasons. So he was never he was always the ace on his staff, right? Yeah. So to me, that without looking at the numbers, that's Hall of Fame to me. Like Trout, if Trout retires in two years, that's Hall of Fame for me. And yeah, and, for sure. You know what I'm saying? So. What here's what I have to say, and and I despise this person with everything that's in me. But if Roy Holiday is in the Hall of Fame, it's time to let Kurt Schilling into the Hall of Fame. That's Damn, I'm I'm, go- I'm good with that. I mean, more he has more strikeouts. He has a three four six career ERA. He has more wins than Roy Holiday. Yeah, um, I'm actually. You know. I'm, he has the 3,000 strikeouts, 3,000 plus. Not many. There's only 16, 17 members of the 3,000 strikeout club. Like, that's a very elite. He's in very, very elite company. And he, too, has success. He dominated. In the steroid, he, in the steroid yeah. era. And he, he dominated at times. He has he has that game that'll, that'll live in history for all time, the fucking bloody sock game, which yeah. I, I still think was probably fake. Um. I have a conspiracy theory about that. Anyway, um, I'd love to hear it. I think he's a Hall of Famer, too. So I think he's a Hall that, of Famer. That, that's the only problem I have is when you let guys in and there's there's another guy who has similar or better stats that didn't get in. That that bothers me. And that's why I think the Hall of Fame is is a joke for the most part. Like, and we are what what really happens. I mean, it's gonna live on through history. All these guys are gonna live on through history. If we have the internet, they could just look up any guy that's not in the Hall of Fame or in the Hall of Fame. But in the Hall of Fame, they're gonna live out like Babe Ruth has li- is gonna live on forever. Right. There's not gonna be a bigger. It it doesn't get much bigger than what Babe Ruth means to baseball. So I get it. It, it means something in the Hall of Fame. But for us, we're gonna die in a hundred years or so. So. <laughs> Does it really matter? I guess I don't know, man. I don't want to be 130 plus, man. You're right. That's so all um, I was saying 100 years to make sure that we're nice and dead. You know? Oh, okay. Like we're, we're not coming like back. We're, from, we're, like we're yeah. really dead. Yeah, yeah. Like we're we have become part of Earth. <laughs> Worm food. <laughs> um, that's all I got. All right, man. I'm, I'm good with that. Here's here's a fun fact, or not a fact. I don't want to be buried when I die, man. I want to be cremated. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to take up space on this earth once I'm gone. Just, but there's something about visiting a grave of like an old relative. Yeah, but put me in a urn. Keep me in your house somewhere. Yeah, put me in a necklace or something. You could carry me around. I don't know. <laughs> That's cool. Here's something else that I wanted to say. Back to the Mike Messina thing, and this is has nothing to do with anything. Him, him pitching. Uh, you ever know how Fernando Tatis hit two grand slams in one inning? Uh, every time my dad sees the name Tatis on TV, he's like, "Oh, Fernando Tatis! Did you know he hit two grand slams? <laughs> the same pitcher in the same inning." 
Yeah. And I'm always like, damn, that's pretty that's pretty amazing. And I always like hearing it for like it's like I'm hearing it for the first time. But the Mike <laughs> Messina the Mike Messina twenty game thing, I kept my dad up to date with that. Like I kept him up to date when Messina like won another game and, and when he finally retired, I'm like, Man, like he won twenty games and retired. Like he probably could have cashed in a three year deal somewhere, you know, something. He, literally it was his last game. Yeah, like, I remember. You, that's and, that should that's like that goes to your conspiracy theory thing. That shit is made up. Like yeah, it is. And Jeter coming through with a walk-off hit. A walk-off hit, yeah. Or well, Jeter's 3,000th hit was a home run. Uh-huh. Or A-Rod's 600th 600. home run and his 3,000th hit the same pitcher, yeah. same place. So the yeah. home run, watch those two home runs and they go out the same, you know, wall, whatever. The same yeah. part of the wall. But the whole point of that comment that I made was that my dad sees Mike Messina and he'll be like, did you know that he, he won 20 games his last season? And I just kind of look at him like, yeah, yeah I kind of, I kind of like saw it, and I, I told you about it. Like I, I was the middleman there. <laughs> yeah, I told you about that. That's the stat that I'm gonna be telling my kids. It's funny. It's funny with our dads that they, because my dad does the same thing too. Like he'll tell me the same story over and over again, and I'll relive it, like you said, like as if I'm hearing it for the first time. And, and I don't yeah. know if I'm doing it to entertain him or if it's that I'm really enjoying. That oh shit, me and my dad, my parents, our parents don't, our fathers don't speak that much. They're very quiet, yeah, stoic yeah. gentlemen. Um, so when they speak, you listen, and yeah. So he does that a lot too. And I sometimes I feel bad, like being like, yeah, yeah, you told me that story before. I'm just like, okay, I'll just yeah, it fuck it. I feel like the Mike Messina one is like one of those stats that if they ever if it ever came up in Jeopardy, like we would we would get it. But anything else that happens similar to that, we wouldn't get it. And nothing beats, nothing beats like, and I don't know about your dad because I've only talked to your dad about current baseball, like what the Red Sox did, what the Mets are doing, what the Yankees are doing. I still don't know if your dad's a Yankee fan or not. He is a Yankees fan, but it, so my father isn't that big of a baseball guy like your dad is. Yeah, that's the, that's I, what I was getting at. Yeah, he like he started following baseball because I was a like I was insane. Like I'd be like in the in our apartment in New York City. If the Yankees want, like, during Yankee games, I'm screaming, I'm standing up, I have rituals, shit like that. Not so much anymore, because I love my kids, and, and I don't want to get divorced yet. But, um, I don't know why I said yet. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, so, they saw that I was passionate about it, so then they, they would watch the game. So, if I, have, I, you know, put it on the TV, my mother would watch, my mother had a crush on Derek Jeter, and that's kind of when he became a fan. I remember my dad... I think it was the blizzard of 96. He had a liquor store in in the Bronx. And he, this is, this is actually kind of funny. He slipped and fell and broke his ass somehow. So he had to have like some surgery. And oh, he was bedridden for like a week. And that was during the playoffs. Was it during the playoffs? Maybe it was 97. I don't remember what year it was. And I remember Alacy, our uncle, um, would come to watch the games with us. That's when I thought he was a Cleveland Indian fan. Because the he Yankees is a were playing Indian against fan. the Indians. I attribute that time period with my dad starting to like baseball and following the Yankees because we would watch the game together and be cheering yeah. and shit. And he kind of got into it. Um, but that's the thing with your dad. Like when I've worked with him in the past, I, I feel like I would rip the Yankees and he would kind of be in agreement. But at the same time, like not. I, so I still don't know if he's a Yankee fan or not, but. What I was getting at was that my dad is like, not only is my dad a baseball fan, he's not a typical Dominican baseball fan that only roots for Dominican players and all that stuff. Like, yeah. he's he not has, an anti-Yankee. 
he's he's actually semi like that. He's gonna be proud when there's a Dominican player dominating. Like when I told him about Fernando Tatis Jr. the other day, his eyes lit up like, oh yeah, like that that's great. <laughs> but he actually does kind of keep up. He kind of has that common sense baseball trait. And nothing beats watching a game and seeing like Willie Randolph in in the TV and and him kind of being like, oh, like Willie Randolph, like he was a good player, because he's you know Willie Randolph is is he a Hall of Famer? No, right? No. Yeah, but he so, played into the '80s and stuff, so they were yeah. they were here when when he was playing. With the yeah, Eagles. no, my dad knows. All, that's the thing. Like, he doesn't speak of players he doesn't know. But if there's a player that's on TV that doesn't have the heroics of like a Derek Jeter, it's nice to hear like something about that player. Like when they talk about Javi Baez, thirty years from now, maybe we're not going to know about his like sliding antics but like yeah. i'll be able to tell someone this guy exactly. used to slide like a maniac or something exactly I yeah i remember well i remember my dad telling me stories about billy martin and stuff like that because i oh, never yeah. had a chance to see that um damn that, go, that goes to show that goes to show how big those guys were though right the mm-hmm. fact that your dad probably didn't watch didn't really baseball, follow baseball but still hurt but still heard about right. those guys and the yeah, thing because crazy. because he was a drunk and he would do all these crazy sh- all, all, all this crazy shit on the field and argue with his players and stuff he was yeah front page of the newspaper almost every day in the 80s and and the yankees were as even though they didn't win a world series in the 80s they actually had the best win percentage of any team in baseball in the 80s so even though we attribute the 80s and the early 90s with the yankees um the dark times the dark era or whatever it wasn't it wasn't really that dark if you think about it like there was only a few years where the yankees weren't that good they just never won the world series in that time period um that's same man spoiled fans word i'm not gonna deny that i think yankee fans are spoiled sometimes they annoy me too um but i'm a yankee fan so fuck it hey i consider myself one of the good ones i still accept you thanks I didn't wear my Yankee hat because I didn't want to start a fucking shit between us. But you got a shirt and you have a hat on. Like, what the fuck? I got other hats, man. You ready for this? How about that one? Oh my I stopped God. wearing this shit because this is like a bucket on my head. This hat is huge on me, too. This, yeah. With, with well, I have head. a big head, though. So. You have a big head? Yeah. Right now, I'm sitting on a seven and three eighths. I'm not telling you what size this is, but it's big. Like my fingers fit under it and shit, you know. I'm not gonna tell you how big this fucking hat is. It's, it's Barry Bonds big. Let's just put it that way. It's almost an eight. Let's put it that way. <laughs> on a snapback, I'm on like the I'm on like the last two notches. It's barely shit. hanging on. <laughs> it's barely hanging on. It's fucking big, man. You know what that means? Yeah, you know what they say about guys with big hats. Yep, big brains. All right. All right. Let's sign off, CT. Um, like I said earlier in the show, please take two minutes to rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're the Welcome to the Show podcast, by the way. Um, CT and I independently produce this. We finance it with the very little money that we do have. Um, so we would appreciate if you guys can help us out a little bit by writing a review and giving us a five star rating. Because I know we're a five star podcast. What are you going to do? And we're not too proud to beg. Um, no, we're not. If you want to throw a couple dollars in there, we do have a Patreon, a Patreon account. If you want to become a Patreon? Go for it. I mean, why not? We'll thank you for it. Um, proud to word. Anyway, CT. Peace out. Peace.